0: This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well underway and roll up their sleeves every single day. Hey guys, this is the first episode of Bucket Talk. My name's Eric Girard. I'm here with Jeremy Perkins. We're super excited to kick this thing off. We've been talking for almost the past year, two years. Jeremy is in the trades every day, living, breathing it, and has an incredible history and story and how he's got to where he's gotten to. And we'll talk about that in a little more detail. Myself, not in the trades. When I was in my teenage years, started off you know, in the roofing business, by no means a roofer I was 14 years old picking up crap around it the job counts, site. Still counts Eric. Still counts. Still counts. <laughs> Launched a little landscaping business and did a bunch of that stuff but went on a very different path but I spent the past year talking to guys in the trades from, from Jeremy and the mechanic field and technician field to electricians and plumbers and HVAC and union and non-union and had the unique privilege of having an outsider's perspective to really kind of uncover something that kind of was the genesis for this which was two out of every 10 calls I have I'd leave those those calls more charged up to do what I do on a daily basis and really motivated, and eight out of the ten times it was kind of depressing and sad and and not that optimistic. So as I started talking to Jeremy, he's one of the guys in the trades that has a you know has a unique story, really optimistic, really positive, and said, "Listen, this is a pretty interesting dynamic that I'm seeing here. What do you think?" And we started talking about it and, and talking to other folks in the space and uh, and thought there was something really unique there that wasn't just a one time thing. It's probably an ongoing thing to really focus on one the trades in general, two the massive. Op- opportunity that that is evident that's happening in the trades and three really helping younger folks as they're starting to navigate it whether they're considering the trades or already in the trades of how to navigate it and jeremy's one of the role models and and we'll be introducing more in the future but that's kind of the the genesis for how this started so really want to dive into to jeremy as really the genesis for kind of how this came together and uh, and learn a little bit more about yourself. So if you're if you're open to it, we'd love to go back to the <laughs> yeah. early days. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, first off, I want to start off by really saying that like me joining on to this was a uh, a good thing for me because it's not from an expert's perspective. It's somebody like you said who's living, breathing the trade. I still screw up on a daily basis. I get things right. I want to talk to the trades. As we work it, you know what I mean? I don't want to talk down to you. I want to talk as you. So, um, you know, a little bit about myself. Go Come way f- back, please. Way back. <laughs> so my, uh, my years in, uh, out in western Massachusetts, uh, the 413. I grew up in a mixed blue collar, white collar, uh, distance from Boston, distance from Hartford, distance from Albany. So we're kind of, you know, equal distance from those areas, but still close enough. I grew up in a college prep town. We only had one high school. It was geared towards college. It it really kind of resonated with me in uh, my senior year when I realized, hey, I didn't have the grades to uh, to make it into the big university or or um, really move on to that college aspect. My father sat me down and he's like, hey, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go to college or you're gonna go to community college, really, you're not staying here. And at that time, I was like, yo, oh, man, you know, Dad, come on. And he, as I got older and as, as, I, as I have a family, I realized what he did. And, and that was, pushed me to do better. It wasn't to push me to, to, to really just be mediocre. So we had a discussion later on, and he's like, your options are, you know, move out, go to community college, or uh, join the military. I already had the military in, 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 my, in the back of my mind. I come from a huge military family. So I, I, I finally... Bit the bullet, meaning, like, I I went down there with my father. We went down, recruiter, boom. Visited all five branches of the military, Army, Navy, Coast Guard, Marine Corps, and Air Force.
0: And your dad was a Marine.
1: Marine and Navy. We cover all the aspects of the military except for the Air Force. Sorry, guys. Both sides of the family, everybody served. Uh, Even my wife's side of the family everybody served. So it's been uh, a pleasure to, to continue that. So one of the biggest things my dad really focused on because he got out in the 80s, honestly had a hard time getting out of the military. When he got out of the military, he drove truck for a while, did odd jobs before he could really find a career. So it was stuck in his mind that I need to set my son up for success afterwards. You know, stay in the military, fine. But if you leave the military, I want him to have a skill set that he can take out into the world. So we went down, visited everyone, and, and, and really the Coast Guard just, just captivated us. You know, I'm a seagoing guy. I like being out on the beach. I like, you know, being out on the boat. It was, it was awesome. They presented us with a whole bunch of uh, what military guys called MOS, but for, for us, they were, um, you know, a whole bunch of rates. And, and the rate that I really chose was machinery technician.
0: In question is is the rate tied to a, a compensation, or that's no, the term no, 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 used. No, no, that's cover it. that's
1: my job. Got it. So Got it. Got um, it. you know, we have FS's food service, and they were cooks. For me, it was a MK machinery technician. What they really did was is depending on your unit that you were at, you had different roles, but usually it dealt with some sort of motor or or something along those lines. And I chose a ship out of boot camp, <laughs> my duty station. I hate to say it was Key West, Florida. Wasn't the, wasn't the uh, worst duty station ever. It was actually pretty fun. I was, I was tied to a ship, and the ship was in two months and out two months, um, out in the Caribbean doing counter-narcotics, doing um, migration duties, You know, helping people, saving vessels, and so it was great. But my duty was to be in the engine room, 120 degrees, in the Caribbean, and fix any maintenance problems i was low man i was a apprentice at the time essentially so you're out there wiping down diesel engines you're you're getting familiar with all the systems you know really like that really like that and uh, so i went to what's called machinery technician a school what that entails is three months in yorktown virginia of hands-on training when i went through that i'm working on detroit diesels basic electrical Everything. So, T- you,
0: so you leave the boat, yep. and then you go to Yorktown, Virginia, three months training for no boat, no nothing for just skills
1: training. And there you learn, you you hone everything. And they had basic leadership, they had uh, physical fitness, but really you're there for you know a crash course in refrigeration, cooling pumps, chilled water systems, potable water systems, which is drinking water on a ship, uh, basic electrical, HVAC, all this stuff. A lot of guys leave there and they never use it again. But other guys go to, like, housing units or, or whatever, and they get to use them again. It was almost like my little college because, you know, we we're in dorm yeah, rooms. sounds it, like it. Yeah. It was pretty cool. But then we left. Uh, I left there and came up to Boston. And I was most comfortable with the same platform or ship, as you call it, that I actually chose the same type of ship up in Boston. I wanted to be home, but I wanted to be far away from where I grew up. So Boston was perfect. Did the same thing. I realized that towards the end of my four years in the military that, you know what, I want a family. It's time to, to really think about myself transitioning out of the military. At that point in time, I, I got kind of all the information I can at, at a young age, I think it was like 21, 22. The one thing that the military gave me was the GI Bill benefits, which were to, to be able to use towards a school, um, usually a college, but I used it in a unique way at the time was I used it for a trade school. Um, I applied to Universal Technical Institute.
0: And the GI Bill is what? It's a, it's a, an amount of cash available for a scholar? Um, so
1: it's ever-changing because okay. the GI Bill that I was given is different from the GI Bill today. But essentially, it's um, you pay into the program while you're in the military, and then what they do is they give you a stipend for college or trade schools to help you pay for um future training or or a degree program got it and really it's just to kind of offset the cost some places it, it completely covers the cost but in this case it, it offset the cost you know i still had to take out student loans i still had to work a part-time job it was just enough to keep me above water at that time i met my now as it stands my wife so we were kind of figuring it out as a young couple and, and you're
0: you're what age I am
1: 34 now, but at the time I was probably 22. It was one of those things that like, you know, new love, you know, new experience in life and, you know, school, so I'm figuring all that out and then it's time to settle on a job. At this time, it was actually extremely hard to get a job. I applied everywhere, you know, around the school. I went to career services, student services. You know, they gave me a list of places I'd go, I'd apply and it wasn't because I wasn't qualified, it just, Nobody was hiring. It was interesting because I'd say that's probably about eleven years ago. I was living in the north end of Boston at the time, and the north end wasn't really a place where you could really get employment at a automotive place because it was a desirable place to work. There's a lot of you know, people coming in and out of Boston. It was great. It was a great place to be. So I walked across the street from the Coast Guard base and there was a there was a corner gas station, you know, small Italian mom and pop place, been there for Ever. I walked in and he said who, who owns this place and he's like I do a guy named Dennis and I said Dennis uh, Are you hiring? And he said yeah, I go uh, Do you mind can I fill out an application? He goes you're hired and I was like no way So I came home. I was ecstatic, uh, you know I called my dad call you know my wife because you know, I've been looking for at least three months and here it is I, I walked across the street to go to work. So it was pumping gas washing windows Plugging tires, just really learning the basics of auto mechanics or being an automotive technician, automotive repair professional. Yeah. And whatever how many you guys were
0: at that gas station when you so were? So you
1: had the owner. The owner's son, since it was a family operation, you had the daughter who was upstairs, she did all the books and everything. The father who owned everything, he was almost retired, so that was kind of his clubhouse. He'd come down, talk to the people, and then kind of leave. But his son really owned the operation. We had one other full-time mechanic, and myself. And I the w-
0: full-time mechanic was there, and so you were the underdog, and you exactly. were the Exactly, w-
1: you know, I washed the floors, cleaned the toilets, um, you know, drained the oil, did everything, but it was cool because he kept me out of trouble as I screwed up. That was a huge learning experience. I was there for two years, and uh, they decided because <laughs> property value in the North End, as you know, is through the roof. They said, you know what, having a gas station in, in the North End isn't as profitable as if we, you we know, might did so something go else. Three
0: levels up or four levels <clears throat> right. up,
1: right? So they closed down the gas station. Uh, at the time, I was looking for something more. I I really didn't want to be you know, a gas station guy. Me and my wife were gonna be moving out away from the city and she had settled on a location Lexington. So then I started looking in the area and I found uh, Leary Auto Repair, found him on Craigslist. It was the funniest thing because I wasn't qualified by any means. And uh, so my boss at the time, or my boss now, but you know, my, my future boss, he had said, you know, we're interviewing a whole bunch of guys. I'm gonna see where you stand. He goes, we'll we'll see what happens and, and I'll call you back. And so like a couple weeks later, I finally get a phone call and he's like, hey, when do you want to come in for an interview? I was like, oh, he's going to interview me. The place is gorgeous, right? It's a five bay garage. A uh, guy's been doing business in Lexington forever. Um, really just tied in with the community, grew up in the community, really the, the feel, the atmosphere I wanted to be at. I want to be able to help my, my community. He comes in. He's like, yeah, you're moving to Lexington, all right. You know, what can you do? And I said, honestly, you know, I, I was in the military. I could do this stuff, but I actually didn't oversell myself. I actually undersold myself. And I'm glad to this day that I did. Take it for what it is because a lot of people say, you know, choose your value. Know what you're worth. So what I did was I told him, I'll be here every day on time. I'll show up. I'm clean cut. And and I'm here to work. I'm here to learn. You know, I don't know everything. Actually, I don't know anything. And uh, he took me.
0: And that's important. So it sounds like the first job you got, you literally showed up in person, asked for the job. This one, you followed up Craigslist, which are modern day times, not common kind of ways to get (laughs) jobs. But for us, it is. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. All right. That's good to know. I mean,
1: Facebook, you know, Craigslist, it's just word of mouth. I mean, even the guys up north, Uncle Henry's, I mean, it's, it's there.
0: And then- And then it sounds like you got this job by one, not overselling yourself. And two, you know, as I've been talking to a lot of these guys in the trade, it's, listen, I'm reliable. I'm going to show up. I'm going to work my ass off. And at the end of the day, if you like me, great. And if not, we'll part ways. Correct. If you oversold yourself and you actually didn't show up on time, you would have been gone in the first month, but you actually over delivered probably. Right. Right. right?
1: So I was getting, I was getting nothing for money and uh, this was like one of the, biggest things as an employer it was amazing it, it lit the fire up under my ass at that point in time i didn't even realize it he said how much are you making And at the time i was making peanuts and he gave me a two dollar raise right off the bat hadn't even done anything yeah he said yep. i'm gonna give you two dollars more yep, an hour than," yep. and i was like holy cow i called my dad and he's like it's amazing. It's crazy. And yeah. it's, it, yeah. it, you know, to this day, that's going to be one thing that I take with me if I ever own my own business. That was a defining moment for me to walk into an, uh, a business, think that you don't even have a chance in hell at being here. Boom. Here's extra money. You know, smart move on his
0: behalf. He cared less about your skills, but more about your motivation. And was what's the $2 at the end of the day per hour is irrelevant as long as you are as good as you said you were. And if you weren't, you weren't going to stick around anyway. Correct. So irrelevant.
1: But the but the the funny thing is, is is so now I have to prove myself you know because he already let you know gave me the olive branch let's go I come to work <laughs> I go to pull in my car pull into bay it's a it's a you come in the front door and you take a right and I couldn't even do it, I, it was, I I was so afraid to hit something I was nervous as all hell so he comes out and he goes what the hell's going on he show he got in the car showed me how to do it from then on out I was good but you know, I made my fair share of mistakes from there on out. I mean, we, we got these oil buckets that you drain and exploded on me. And and all of a sudden you're cleaning all this oil up and you know, he comes out and he's like, you're covered head to toe in oil. It's just, it's been one, one thing after another, but one of the most important things was is I learned from my mistakes over and over again. And one of the things that that me and him have all, have always shared is the fact that like you have to try to be better, try to do better, learn from your mistakes, and, and be genuine. You know what I mean? My time at, at Leary Auto was, um, it still is. Is really good because we do everything. We do from uh, restorations to hot rod building to um, you know cutting out floors on dump trucks and rewelding them in European cars all the way up to you know loaders and excavators. Mainly our niche though is is serving the Lexington community and, and that is you know
0: automotive and medium and light duty trucks. And so so back to your journey. So mm-hmm. you showed up. Yep. Got quote unquote an over promotion for not having the skill set. Correct. And when, how long did it take you to actually feel like, you know what? I actually earned what I got. And I'm part of Leary Versus getting out of the, like, I got to show up every day to keep my job. So you want to know
1: what's interesting? And, and I don't know if I'm oversharing, if he's going to kill me, but you know what? It is what it is. I have never asked for a raise being there. He has said, you don't need to ask for a raise here. He's kept his word and I've never asked him for a raise, but what has happened is is when I got comfortable, he made me uncomfortable again by giving me more money and pushing me. Just when I think I'm doing good, you know, I I got my suspension work down, I'm doing ball joints, this is starting off early, doing ball joints, doing all this stuff, he'd hit me with like a $2 raise and I'm like,
0: now you got to deliver. Now
1: I got to deliver. So now you're pushing to to learn scan tool data and stuff like that. You're learning electrical. Boom, he'd hit you again. Next thing you know, you're being a plow driver for him. Boom, he'd hit you again. And, and so it was one of those things that never once have I stopped my duties. I'm still cleaning toilets to this day. And to be honest with you, guys at the top need to realize that you know. There's a lot to be said for cleaning a toilet. You know, you can yep. gain a lot of respect doing that. Yep. So now he's pushed me. I've pushed myself, but you know, together in unison, we've pushed me all the way to the top. To so now, I'm now I'm a welder. I'm a leader. So you're a shop foreman there now, and how many guys are? We have seven bays. We have a full time body guy. We got a, a guy in that does the classic cars, which you know I'm learning from him. Like I said, by no means am I an expert, and. It, and this is what we're trying to, trying to do here is, is there's so many YouTube channels out there. There's so many podcasts out there that are like, this is what the expert would do. I'm yeah. not here by any means to yeah. do that. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to, he- to try to show you that you know, there's normal people out there. It's a cool industry to be in. All I hear across the industry from everybody is, is that I need a guy. Not I need an A-tech. I need you know the most seasoned. I need a guy.
0: You can find all the content out there about how to do the uh, tactical, fix the engine, change the tires, do all the work, but this isn't about that. This is more of a guy that took the bull by the horn, showed up every day, showed up early, prepared for his job – And is now at the top of what he's doing and what's inspired me is he's now, he's super grateful for what he has, but is coming home at night. He's got two kids, a wife, and and decided to go back to college. And it would have been easy for him to coast and pack it in and say, listen, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm as high up in the ranks as I can get, but... Maybe there's more for me, whether that's maybe I want to buy in as a partner to Liri Auto, which may or may not be an option, or maybe there's something different. And
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I don't know where I heard it from, but, you know, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not pushing yourself. And right now I'm as uncomfortable as it gets, I, you know, being a father and I'm there all the time for my kids, you know leaving work at lunchtime every now and again to go to go to a kid's show that you're like you're showing up and you're dirty and all the parents are looking at you like where did you come from but you know that's that's important to me that's important to my kids but then you know the college work I'm still you know I I didn't want to be a detriment to my to my uh employer so I'm still working 10 hour days and then I got 25 hours of schoolwork on top of that I mean it's it's a lot, you know, and I don't skimp anywhere. The only thing I skimp on right now is sleep, you know, and then even still it's wintertime. We're in New England, so we plow snow up here
0: and, uh, you know, that can come at any moment in time. Next thing you know, you're in a truck for 24 hours. And that's why Jeremy and I started talking about this many months ago, which is eight out of 10 folks, 80% are, are showing up, doing the bare minimum to get by, keep in, in doing great and supporting the family. But spending those nights and those weekends, especially with kids and a family on, on the stuff that is going to take him to a next level or open up a new Avenue or even elevate him with his, with his, his boss right now essentially is it's the extra effort that isn't an insane step, but it's what most people aren't willing to do. And, and, uh, and it's, and it's inspiring and it, it gets me fired up. And I think, Jeremy's story will get a lot of folks fired up as well.
1: Well, and, and and to add to that is is, you know, I my brother-in-law's in construction. You know, we've we got mutual friends that are that are across all trades. What I'm hearing across the trades is we don't have guys. I'm like, why don't we have guys? We we're making the same amount of money, if not more, and we have the potential to do more because the way we get paid is a lot different from our white collar counterparts. You know, my truck driver friends, you know, everybody are making comparable wages to, uh, you know, we've, we've talked and, and it's one of those things that it's not an undesirable trade to be. Yeah. We get dirty. We, we, we do some things, but at the same time, we're looking for people over and over and over and they're just not out there. And I don't know I think this is to bring awareness. This is, you know, to try to give back. And, you know, there's a lot of older guys that have helped me get it. And this is kind of me trying to mentor some people to come up. But it's really not that bad. I mean, I come home every day with with a sense of pride for the most part. I mean, now that I'm up there, you know, I get customers that call me. But for the most part, my work stays at work. I have a lot of friends that their work comes home with them. It kind of clouds their personal life. For me, it's great. Work stays at work. Home life is home. That's a great balance for, for me. But you know, touching on the how we get paid. I mean, we we could do side work, but we could also do we're hourly or flat rate for the mechanics out there.
0: Which was an eye opener for me because I went through the traditional undergraduate bachelors yeah. and all that stuff, came out with a ton of debt. You know, close to ninety grand in debt at you know 22 a lot of my buddies from home from from the small town of Bristol Connecticut went straight into the trades zero the, debt come out with zero debt by the time they're 22 23 yeah, have have 100 money. grand plus in cash are buying houses the really smart ones are investing in in, in properties or buying fancy trucks and, <laughs> and and regretting that now that they're in their 30s but But to
1: be honest with you I mean we touch on that too it's kind of like an insider view on on how things work you know you got you got you got, you know your construction guys out there your carpenters roofers everything like that who's working on these properties that you know they might be the hot sale or they're in a community that you know the house just got condemned and it's like holy cow you know i could they're the first ones to be able to make these investments you know what i mean yeah so it's it's interesting that you know we we find our different avenues um we come across cars that nobody wants, and you're like, "Oh, dude, that's a diamond in a rough." I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna fix it up. I'm gonna sell it. So there's there's always you know, cool ways of earning extra cash where, you know, our counterparts don't necessarily have that, or they do. I mean, they have bonuses. I'm not talking badly about them, but at the same time, it's one of those things that the harder we work, the more money we can actually make.
0: You know, I I think that's great. And as we wrap up this first kind of kickoff, you know, Jeremy and i for the next next few episodes and beyond are going to be talking about not only jeremy obviously in his field but with other across the trades one a lot of lessons learned of like hey you know what i wish i didn't go to the bar like i did when i was in my early 20s cuz you know <laughs> you still got to uh, work wish i didn't buy the trucks yeah. the, you know a lot of this stuff that that you and a lot of the people i talk to say you know yeah. and and not like in their 50s these guys are in their 30s and 20s saying like wow that that could have played out differently and so it's a little bit of guys like Jeremy passing the torch down, saying, "Hey, listen, like here's what I've learned. Here's what I've. You yeah, know. everyone's dealt a different hand of cards from from how they were born." to their parents, to everyone's got their own demons and their problems, but it's all about how you play those cards. Oh, absolutely.
1: And I mean, I can elaborate on any subject and any old timer has said to me, hey, don't cut this piece of wood this way to, hey, you need to start investing when you're young. You you don't know this stuff and, and, and it's not taught from K through 12. And uh, for us, this is our college. This is, this, you know, we come from the school hard knocks and we, we're learning on the fly. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of knowledge out there. I'm still absorbing it. I'd like to pass it on to you guys. I'm thankful to have a network of Eric and, and, you know, my wife that, you know, I'm able to bring both of us together. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Meld yeah. both industries uh, or both sectors. So
0: we'll see. We'll see where this goes. The goal is to provide value to you guys, really to try to make an impact and and, uh, and benefit you in your careers. If we change one life or we change thousands of lives, I think we'd both rest Absolutely. better at night. And, and anything else other than that's gravy. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with Bucket Talk, episode number two.
1: (laughs) Thanks, guys, for listening.